welcome into the PHNX Cardinals postgame show brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. Be sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcasts. Johnny Venerable, Bo Brock, Damian Anderson, Frank Sanders, hot damn. The Arizona Cardinals will pick third in the 2023 NFL Draft. Not seventh, not sixth, not fourth. They get picked number three, baby. They took the L today against San Francisco. We're going to talk about that. Russell Wilson and company get it done at home against those fraudulent L.A. Chargers. And now, Bo Brock, the Arizona Cardinals, two birds in one hand. Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, whomever they want at pick three, they will be available. Yeah, it's a nice consolation prize for a 4-13 and season, right? Yeah. I mean, we just saw the final whistle blow on that, on that season. We saw J.J. Watt ride out into the sunset, not on a, as a winner. Well, he's a winner, but also finishing his career strong as we expected, two sacks three tackles for a loss, and then we witnessed the final game of Cliff Kingsbury. I think what Arizona Cardinals fans are excited about is hope, right? They're hopeful for with a third pick, with changes potentially coming, probably coming at the head coaching position and in the front office. That's what they're hopeful for because it's not just a it's it's a bit of a blank canvas. You've got some pieces you're excited about, including that third overall pick, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, going into what do they call it, Black Monday, Johnny. Yes, tomorrow. It's a, it's a bit of a cliff hanger. Mm. You guys like that? <laughs> Love it. No, but I'm, Let's go. We're feeling, baby. Yeah, let's go. But, but no, guys, um, I think it's equitable, right? Like, I mean, you you take an L on the season, you go in 4-13, and 13, and then you get a position to, to get a top draft pick. Yeah. And you could see, everyone could see Johnny's energy on what a Carter or what a Will Anderson, loved the surname, what mm-hmm. that name would mean <laughs> for the Arizona Cardinals, because we could see the difference that that can make to a ball club. Yep. Johnny, the only thing that I'm concerned about is the complete overhaul and that time that that will take for the Arizona Cardinals to be relevant again. Well, I, here's the thing. Uh, you got to put everything else aside, the GM, the head coach inserts, because that's all going to be settled and done by April's draft, and we will cover right. it extensively. We will have a draft showcase. Yeah. Be sure to join us then. We're going to be at the Combine, but it feels like now in a quarterback-rich draft, Frank Sanders, when you've got Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud making a move now, Chicago Bears, we talked about it on our halftime show, Having the first overall pick, maybe they're more likely to trade out. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that the Cardinals pick third now and both players are available. It's a it's a beautiful thing for a team outside of J.J. Watt that I think is due for an impact blue chip player in the front seven. Look, at, I agree with you 100% where the Cardinals are. Um, we've, we've gone through this full season. I think the best thing we can do right now is where we stand at, where we, where we placed ourselves at mm-hmm. at the end of the season – we deserve something special. That's right. Yeah. Both said it several times. You guys deserve good news. You deserve something good to happen to you. It's been a long season, a long season and a half, actually, con- considering how it was last year, midway through the season. And I'm telling you what, guys, uh, it's a tough loss, tough season. But to know that we can potentially go on, go out and get some guys that can really come in here and make an impact, that's definitely going to be uh, – a desired taste for us all. It's an asset, right? It's an yeah. asset that's going to make this uh, this coaching position potentially look attractive. That's right. It's when you, when you see it and and you have the ability with a third overall pick, whether you stick and pick, which would be a good situation with the the prospects we just outlined, whether it's Carter or whether it's an Anderson or somebody that emerges between now and then Senior Bowl, which I'll be at. We're going to have the PHNX crew there, and we'll have people at the combine as well. 
we're going to have this thing thoroughly looked over, and you hope the Cardinals do their due diligence with this asset, that you're going to have the third overall pick to either stick and pick with or create more assets, right? You can yeah. get more draft capital because, you know, with the reports that Steve Kime is not returning yeah. and the ability, you know, the hope, the grass is already, already is greener on the other mm-hmm. side with a new GM, if it's the co-GM tandem or somebody else making the selection, that, okay, hey, we can get excited about draft season again. Yeah. And, you know, you could expedite potentially – a rebuild. Yeah. You know, that's what why NFL why it's why the NFL is so popular is because there it's realistic each and every season for teams to go f- the previous year from worst to first or worst back in the playoff contention. Let me add this real quick. What I do know about having a third overall pick in the draft is you can't F this up. No. Like you shouldn't have the power and ability to look at the you board and be like this. Oh, let me think. <laughs> I'm just gonna take the best player right. and he's a kicker. Come on, or or a quarterback, and you don't need a quarterback on your team. <clears throat> Inside linebacker. The third yeah. overall pick, you should not be able to mess this, this up. This is plug and play, baby. And again, we want to emphasize, even if the Cardinals had picked fourth, we would have liked their, their yeah. prospects. But third now, you jump Seattle. And speaking of Seattle, here is how this all came to be heading into today, this Sunday's slate of games, because it wasn't a gimme. The Cardinals started fourth. They would have needed a couple things to happen, and by golly, did they ever. So the Ravens lost to the Bengals, which indo facto should have meant that the Chargers not only locked up the fifth seed, which they did, they go to Jacksonville now, but Brandon Staley's dumbass should have sat everybody because this game meant nothing. But what did he do? He played Justin Herbert, Mike Williams, and company. Mike Williams got carted off in this game with a back injury. So I'm thinking to myself, fire this clown, Brandon Staley. He's playing these guys. They were beating the really the holy hell of the Broncos in the first quarter, but give the Broncos and their coaching staff credit. They had nothing to play for. They wanted to leave a good tape, a good resume for whomever takes over this team. Like we didn't quit. And by golly, they did not quit as the Broncos beat the chargers. And of course we saw it. The Cardinals embarrassed in Santa Clara four turnovers. They lose to the 49ers. But again, grand scheme of things, we'll debate how many Cardinals are going to be on this team that were on this roster today. I would venture not very many, but you look at that third overall pick now, very poetic, Bo Brock. J.J. Watt goes off into the sunset, right? He gets to, you know, have a tremendous final game, two sacks, bringing in somebody like, I don't know, Jalen Carter to replace him. SEC standout, defensive tackle, borderline defensive player of the year last year, or a Will Anderson, who's as, about as can't miss as they come. I just feel like today it was very poetic. You say goodbye to J.J. and you say hello to a blue chip defensive lineman prospects yeah i mean it makes it almost uh foolproof right yeah. you, you can you can kind of narrow down and, and and not completely whiff on your draft pick and also mm-hmm. it, it makes tomorrow's game between georgia and tcu uh interesting yeah. a must yeah. watch almost for any arizona cardinals fan because you want to see hey what's Jalen carter going to bring to the table if you watched him against tcu uh, if you watch him against Ohio State, you probably are a little concerned, right? Mm-hmm. You want to see him bounce back and see what this kid is truly made of, DA. I, th- I think, you know, this is truly something that should get the fan base excited after having to eat kind of a shit sandwich all season long. I mean, yeah, 4-13 and 13 will do that to you. I mean, anytime that you have that inconsistency, inconsistency offensively, defensively, you need some help. And we talked about this at the onset of the season. You know, losing guys like Chandler Jones, was J.J. Watt going to be enough? And although that he was a stalwart on this defensive front they missed a lot of areas being mm-hmm. you know struggling being 13th against run defense and you know upper you know the latter third uh, of the in the nfl and all the other statistical categories and we didn't see that constant pressure to have a guy like will anderson or carter available i think it could tr- tremendously help this defense but looking at the chat and seeing everybody talk guys will it ma- matter 
if Vance is a defensive coordinator? Great question. We got a report to pivot off of that, Damian, yesterday from Albert Breer and company stating the following, and we put this out on Twitter, felt like we almost could have done a show yesterday, this morning, based on the amount of news that had come out about this team even before kickoff today, but it said something to the effect of, the Arizona Cardinals, Michael Bidwell, have been gathering information on candidates, how he would run the process if he makes the change just one year after Arizona made the playoffs with Kingsbury in his third season. But in the Albert Breer article specifically, it stated, guys, I'm sure you guys saw this on Twitter, that Vance Joseph could be the lead candidate. This is also from um, that, that clip. We can go ahead and bring that back up, Jacob. This is from Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissaro, Bo, making plans in the case is not a rarity, but the Cardinals situation is complicated. Longtime GM Steve Kime not expected to return. Unlikely, according to the article, Kime's absence left Bidwell without a sounding board and someone he's relied on for years. So if Bidwell is going to do a search, he'll need help. Yeah, I mean, the areas of frustration for Cardinals fans, it seems like mm-hmm. they're, they're working themselves away from the organization. It, yeah. it seems like that's what happened with Steve Kime weeks ago. Of course, we talk about it with... It, as, as a health-related situation, we continue to say, look, you, you hope that he gets right. But as far as do you want to see him return to the GM position, no, I don't think anybody wants to see that. Could he return in, in another you know, capacity? Fine. But as long as you're not touching the day-to-day operations as far as building this roster, that's what Cardinals fans want to hear. They want to see something, some fresh eyes on this thing because you know, outside of the playoff appearance, three of the last five seasons, you've had double-digit losses. It's, yeah. it's been too mm-hmm. many losses. You have one home win under the current regime in the last calendar year. That's not lost getting it done. Lost yeah. seven you lost seven straight. I mean, you, you are what your record says, and their record, despite all the injuries, was not good enough. It's not good enough for people to spend their hard-earned money mm-hmm. on this team in any capacity, whether that's you know, tickets to the game, season tickets, jerseys, you know, outdated jerseys, uh, hint, hint, maybe uh, with with all these changes potentially right. coming, you know, you finally update your duds, you maybe get some new threads as far as the uniforms go. That's right. So I, I think, you know, with this, F, F, kind of putting the dirt on, on this 2022-2023 season, finally burying it, you can kind of look forward to the new, a new age of Cardinals football and hopefully – with, with the right approach to it, right, yeah, as far yeah. as doing things right, building the team through the draft and and putting players around Kyler Murray because you are locked in with Kyler Murray and you should be excited about what he brings to the table. But you should be hopeful with what is potentially there and, and what with yeah. fresh eyes where they could go from here. The only the only thing I would say is I, I the only thing I do not want to see happen is what we saw happen last year. Like in our offseason, it was absolutely abysmal. Chaos. Everything that happened in the offseason of not signing players, not going in house, not going into free agency and bringing guys in to 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 beef up this to beef up this uh, defensive line or the, or the, or our secondary, not doing much in the draft, but getting some young guys you can bring in. Yep. Late signings of your of your top player in Kyler Murray, um, guys not being healthy for mini camp, training camp, uh, uh, or coming into the regular season. How guys are not healthy at all. And we was missing, we was missing our top draft pick and, and players to play. I'm just hoping we don't have that same drama that we had last year in the offseason. Frank, I mean, you bring up some great points, and everything that you're talking about is the culture. Mm-hmm. And to me, I'm concerned about if you 
recycle and bring a guy like Vance Joseph in, are you yeah. doing mm-hmm. are you doing the same thing? Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? You need a guy that has credibility. And not that Vance doesn't. I think that everyone watches hard knocks and likes him. You know, likes the mm-hmm. person that he is, yeah. likes the energy that he brings, and you know, like thinks he's a character guy. But I think that you need a complete 180 overhaul of, of this organization in terms of the coaching aspect. Who's going to lead? Yep. Someone that they could count on, look at, hold the players accountable because we we kind of saw that. I mean, it could go both sides, right, with the Titans, I think, being at number one and Arizona Cardinals being at number two in terms of, you know, the turnover on their roster, you mm-hmm. know, per year in terms of methodology or and how they go about practice. Titans, hardcore, mm-hmm. bang every day. Arizona more, laissez-faire, we're chill. I know the guys are ready. They're going to get out there and play. But they need a guy who's going to be credible, mm-hmm. who's going to be disciplined and hold players accountable. And I think that's going to turn – you know, the Arizona Cardinals around because we saw it similarly happen with the Rams when they were good. I mean, mm-hmm. they were aggressive in the offseason, getting, you know, a guy like, you know, Von Miller, and they had that elder, you know, guys within their ball club like J- uh, Jalen Ramsey mm-hmm. and Matthew Stafford at key mm-hmm. positions, Bowen and, and, and Johnny, where they didn't have to coach them. You know what I mean? They could just let them play and, hey, this is our program and this is what we're going to do. And I think if the Cardinals can search and find a guy like that, that will lead them in the the right place. I just want to say one thing. The Arizona Cardinals are third in points allowed this year. They just gave up 38 points today. Mm -hmm. That number is going to go down. They're going to leapfrog, you would assume, the Detroit Lions, who are giving up also 25.7 points per game. So them in Chicago are the two worst defenses in giving up points. You cannot sit in your fan base, and I love Vance Joseph. I think he's a good man. He's a good coach. The Cardinals are lucky to have him for the time that they did with Cliff Kingsbury. And hell, if they had, if 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 uh, they got Sean Payton and Sean's like, I'll keep Vance as my DC, I wouldn't have a problem with that. However, you cannot look at your fan base. If only for if if a lot of people have speculated like Vance is a one year stopgap, I don't care. You can't look at your fan base and say, we are promoting Vance Joseph to head coach. We're firing Cliff Kingsbury when your defense has been this bad. And he has done a disservice to young players. I get it. Maje Sanders, Cameron Thomas, they probably shouldn't have been playing all season, but they should have been playing sooner. You saw them today, Bo, Mm -hmm. each get a sack. They were more productive than Marcus Golden and Dennis Gardeck. It took them too damn long to play. But you're talking about week 17, though, Jay. Yeah, but I and I get that. Week 17 but after they, a couple of weeks of watching it. But they had no pass rush early in the season without them playing. So at what point yeah. you just needed to thrust them in the lineup, and I appreciate Sean Marks, our guy in the Super Chat, $1.99, here's to <laughs> upping the dad jokes game. We're going to have plenty of dad jokes. We got, we got four dads here, and, but we got third overall pick. So we got, we got the dad jokes coming your way. But, Bo, on my Vance Joseph rant here, yeah. I, I think it – it's it's frustrating because it's going to come off like we're anti Vance Joseph. No, we're not. No, we're it's not. But but no. no other no other franchise would consider Vance Joseph for their head job. Right. I'm sorry. We laughed last year when Miami interviewed him, and most people rooted for him to to go there so the Cardinals could get a comp pick. And the Dolphins didn't hire him. He's been worse this year. You you can't hire Vance Joseph. Okay, guys, I, guys, I will say because I, I do feel Johnny. Don't get me wrong. You bring up some valid you know points. But we talk about complimentary football. We haven't seen that offensively no. to help that defense. That's true. And no they've problem. been on, I guarantee you, if you look at the data and look how long they've been on the football field versus the offense in those three and outs. I mean, when was the last time we've seen an extended drive or, you know, today? And that was the first one in a long time. I mean, there you go. They're the first one in a long time. So, Johnny, long, I, I agree long, long, with long you wholeheartedly. I agree. He yeah. was not yeah. set up for success yeah. with Cliff Kingsbury. And that's another bullet why Cliff should be let go tonight or tomorrow. But the answer should not be let's pivot hard to Vance's. All right. There are options out there, Michael, proven options. 
ascending options. D'Amico Ryans beat the shit out of your team twice this year. <laughs> Go interview Jonathan, him. Did what? Did what? He beat the shit out of the Cardinals yeah, twice man. this year in Mexico City with Colt McCoy and today four turnovers. That game wasn't competitive, especially in the second half. Go and interview with Sean Payton, Jim Harbaugh. You can do all those things starting next week. If you want to interview Vance, that's fine. And if he blows you away and everybody else says no, then you have no choice, Bo. But to, to come out and say and leak it to Albert Breer that right. he's the leader in the clubhouse. Think of your fan base. Yeah. Think of what they've been through. That's everything, though. Like, not just fans. Right. You're talking about bringing Kime back somewhere into the organization. You know, he's still going to have his conversation as an attache to the to to Michael to be able to speak and say certain things that will, you know, in regards to the draft. That's what he does. Yeah. And so uh, when you, you talk, everything you're saying, you, you got to do my clean house for the fan base. You yeah. got a clean house for the new taste. You got a clean house. From a national perspective, Can't be any holdovers. You, you really have to do. You have to. You have to and, and guess what? I think if you watch this team, and if you're a coach and you watch how they've been playing with the money and watching how things have been, once you really realize who's making the calls behind the scenes, now that time is not there, you probably have to make your own decisions as a coach if you still want to be here at all. Van. We don't even know the full conversation about the Kugler situation, right? And if that really comes out that that was that was tampered with, and and Kugler he got fined, and it was really kind. That'll be a that, problem. That's going to be a For major sure. problem across the board. We haven't that haven't even been touched out yet. They're going to probably wait to drop that after the draft on what really was. Well, happen. you hope that you can get a, a new head man as far as your head coach goes in before yeah. that comes out because that's going to be a bad look regardless of what the facts are in that story. It's just ugly yeah. for all parties involved. But as far as the last what fifth, almost fifty days for this organization and Michael Bidwell. Hasn't seen a win for this team, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, November 13th, I think, was the last time that they won a football game. Uh, seven straight in a in a row that he can he, he's going to ask himself, you know, what, what's it truly going to take to be a winner? He says all, all the time that he wants to be the owner of a winning franchise, but it, it's going to take more than, hey, I've got a bunch of good men behind the scene or guys mm -hmm. calling good men calling the shots because that's what Cliff – and Vance, they're and good guys. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I don't think anybody's going to argue with that, despite you know what the results are. It's a results-driven league, exactly. And and I don't. And Vance is is the I first think. guy to say that. He said that this week during yeah. his press conference. His transparency was unbelievable. I loved it, and I, I'm sure the fan base appreciates it, appreciates it with the the caveat like, okay, as long as he's not the guy. Like I can appreciate I, that as long as he's not the guy because. You need some outside, fresh perspective on how to do this thing because the people that have been inside that building, it, from the front office to the coaching staff, it's not getting it done. Mm -hmm. At some point, it's got to be about winning games. Yes. That's what it's all about. It that's what it's all about. That's right. what it's all about. We've been talking about moral I mean, victories for a month and a half But guys, now. if it was about winning games, we would have seen them been be aggressive in the offseason and free agency. No when doubt we, about it. When we identified all those areas of concern, right. offensive line, defensive line, where is this help going to come from? Guys would have been fired already. Transitions would have been already been made already. In a year that you thought you were, going, you were going to the playoffs. DraftKings, we love DraftKings, had you guys as a playoff favorite. And speaking of DraftKings, and I want to get into the A-Dub Quentin Harris thing in a second because mm -hmm. the co-GM thing deserves its own segment. And I think that with each <laughs> passing hour, that is more likely to happen. But I want to tell you about DraftKings. So DraftKings today, right now, the NBA boost is still ongoing. Today is the last day. All you got to do you got to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. you got to use the promo code PHNX. All you got to do is put a five spot on any NBA team to win their game. Listen, you know the Suns aren't very good right now. They're playing the Cavs, right? And if you think the Cavs are going to hand the Suns yet another loss, Suns haven't won a game this year, 
uh, in the new year. Put five spot, $150 <laughs> in free bets. I'm just saying, I'm trying to help the people win some money on DraftKings. Spread, no thanks. It's a money line bet. If you like another team in the NBA, put a five spot, help them get that dub, and you'll get $150 in free bets. That's promo code PHNX, only at DraftKings. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Our DraftKings king of the game, Ball Brock, can you take a guess who it is? Uh, was his name Justin James Watt? Uh, it sure as hell not Trace McSorley. <laughs> J.J. Watt, ass kicker extraordinaire, five tackles, two sacks, three tackles for loss, a pass defended, saved his best for last potentially, uh, wants to go out on top. Cardinals may not be a winner, but Watt is, and he has been the best player on this Cardinals defense for the majority of yeah. the season. He held up his hen- end of the bargain. I'm sure Michael Bidwell would have loved to welcome him back next year. Looks like he's riding off into the sunset, Frank, as somebody that can put his head up high. He was playing his best football when he retired. J.J. gave us, he gave Majai Sanders and anybody in that defensive locker room four years of experience, and it, and it elevated them tremendously mm-hmm. just with the knowledge. That he just he, he passed on to them to watch work ethic, to watch what it takes to be a pro, to understand how to, how to manage the week, how to come in, get your body right, and then show up for game day. That's what a pro does. That's what mm-hmm. a pro's pro does. And I think J.J. gave us that. <clears throat> the fan base stayed engaged because of him. A lot of the things with the coaching staff, I think the guys played hard for him um, as the season came down to came down to an end. And all you can do is want the best for a guy that, you know, that, that has come to the franchise. Finally got a full season, man, where he can actually walk away from the game, mm-hmm. not having to go through rehab, not having to, go, not, not having to have surgery on any part of his body um, that we know of. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm proud of him, man. I'm proud that if I wish, I wish I'd have played with, with, with a J.J. Watt. I think I played with several guys in a Seth Joyner mm-hmm. or, or Aeneas Williams, guys that came to work, Larry Sinners, Thanks. that came to work, Damon Anderson, <laughs> guys that, you know, just like D.A., man, would just show up to work every day. Like, that's, but I mean, like, but just on, on another, you know, on the, on the levels that guys get opportunities, J.J. maximizes opportunity. J.J. wanted everybody around him to be better. J.J.'s a teammate. J.J.'s a friend. JJ's a, a, a you know one of the guys in the locker room you can look forward to you know teaching the rookies how to be right. rookies but also making the locker room better and I think he did a great job of that this year man absolutely proud of him and happy for his success today plus he made a lot of money too though like yeah, he did. I mean he he camped up the last three four games about yeah. two 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 million dollars and just putting the quarterbacks on their butt. I ain't mad at him for that. Twelve and a half sacks and you know till the very end he did that. I saw Cameron yeah. Thomas coming to the locker room. On the day of JJ's last practice, he looked like uh, a kid coming home with a A plus book report to his parents, saying that JJ JJ gave him an arm workout, mm. and he's sitting there, he's he's looking swole and stuff, and he's saying, "Hey JJ, thanks for this arm workout that mm-hmm. he gave him, and he's he's gonna I'm gonna apply it for the rest of my life, pretty much, you know." Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the kind of things. And JJ even said during his final <laughs> press conference with the Cardinals, at least leading up to the game, saying yes. he he really enjoyed being that mentor. Mm-hmm. He, he really enjoyed kind of being. Uh, a guy that they could lean on and ask questions and, and liked it when they would soak it up and seek it out. That That's a quote from JJ about guys like Maji, guys like Cameron, guys like Zach Allen who continued to kind of use him as somebody to kind of Im- improve their game on mm-hmm. a daily basis. So, you know, JJ Watt, it was an absolute honor to be able to watch him play for, you know, one and a half seasons for yeah. the most part yeah. with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, what he does transcends <clears throat> the playing field. Let's talk about more good stuff. Let's talk about our PHNX Tea Party going on. Less than a week from today, we're going to tee it up at Dobson Ranch Golf Course. 
out there in Mesa. We're going to have a blast. We're going to have not only the PHNX Tea Party, where it's now at a nicer rate, 36 bucks per person. Kids 10 and under can come playing free, and you can come out and hang out with us. We're renting out the entire driving range. We're going to be playing with the PHNX crew, the diehards out there. We're going to have great food. We're going to have drinks, contests, prizes, and more. It's going to be presented by our friends over at Four Peaks. So when I talk about beer, that's the beer we're going to have. So it's not like we're going to be throwing a couple, you know, Bud Lights or Coors Lights at you. We're going to be giving some good beer, like the Pumpkin Porter, like the Kilt Lifter. Mm. How about the Wow Wheat? Mm. You can't go wrong with Four Peaks. You can't go wrong with the PHNX Tea Mm. Party. I'm going to be putting on a clinic as far as the long drive goes. Join us Friday, January 13th, 5.30. There's nothing spooky about this Friday the 13th. Join us for the PHNX Tea Party. Sign up today. There's nothing spooky about that, but uh, <laughs> this might scare you a little bit. So Michael Bidwell, it was reported yesterday and today, is considering not one, but two replacements for Steve Kime. Internal hire. Stop me if you've heard this before. Elevating both Quentin Harris and Adrian Wilson as a co-GM faction of sorts. And while we both like Q Harris and A-Dub to get interviews, to go through the rigors of the process, if they come out on the back end, Frank, Damian, Bo, yeah. so be it. But sitting at that press conference tomorrow, Bo, and elevating both men and keeping it in-house for a team that just lost 13 games, for a team that hasn't won a division title since 2015, for a team that just had the most embarrassing season on and off the field since they moved to Arizona in the late 80s, I do not think that's a win for the Cardinals. I think that's a quick hit, mm-hmm. comfort level. It's like it's the holiday season. It's comfort food. But the mm-hmm. holidays are over. New Year's resolution. Hey, Cardinals, New Year, New You. Don't do that. And that's a little bit concerning right now because I feel like it's on the horizon, DA. Guys, I, you know, I, I, Frank and I know both Q and Adrian, you know, personally, right? And I think that they're both quality candidates. But I think that just like some top shows out there like Yellowstone or BMF, right? Those people's in those leadership posi- positions got a lot of ego. That's right. And I wouldn't say it's necessarily Kime, Quentin, or Adrian, it's Michael dictates a lot that's going on. That's and right. I think whether it's going to be, if we see that transition to a dual, you know, GM, Johnny, and I agree, I don't necessarily believe that it's, uh, you know, the, the best situation for the Arizona Cardinals because I think it is a culture thing. But I think it's Michael relinquishing those duties and getting a guy like Sean Payton. I don't know if that's going to happen because I know yeah. that we've talked about that extensively on, you know, asking for permission and if that will happen. But you need a guy like that. You, I think you really need a football <clears throat> mind that could come in you know, call, you know, call the play, you know, get the groceries and cook the food. And I don't, and it's not to discredit Q or Adrian. They're both greats of the game. You know, yeah. Quentin's been in the front office for some time, a little bit longer than Adrian. And he's very analytical, comes well prepared. He's a Syracuse grad. You know, I, I, I'm an advocate for him. I think that he, he should get that position. And I'm not saying it over Adrian, but if they had to pick one, it would be Quentin Harris because I think that he's well qualified. But at the same time, it's also Johnny, Bo, Frank, I'm going to throw this back to you guys. It's Michael's power and control over the decisions that are made within this organization. The 49ers changed general managers, and they got Lynch. Yep. Not one day in the history of his lifetime has he ever been a general manager at all. Mm -hmm. Never sat in office at all. No. So you got no question marks about him. I got no question marks about A-Dub who sat in office. I got no question marks on Q. The idea is you have to allow the management and the general manager has to have a game plan. We will be aggressive or we'll be passive aggressive. And this year we saw the Cardinals be very passive aggressive in going out into the market. Yeah. How many times we've seen them do that? And I think no matter what transpired, you still got to go out and have the mentality that I will get players that will come to play mm-hmm. at all costs. 
You think the San Francisco 49ers gave a shit about going to get Christian McCaffrey? I'll wait. Now look at him. And we yeah. told him, he broke down. His hamstrings are terrible. He won't be nothing. I'll look wait. Look fresh out there. Right. Look very, 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 <laughs> yeah. very, very fresh. So it has nothing to do with that. The mentality is what you bring to the table. You create the atmosphere that says, I will do what it takes to win. I will go get players. I will go get the best of whatever we need to have. Yeah. That happens. And you, ha and you have to let that happen. And, it, and if it works that way, Jay, if it works that way, great. But in the mentality of it is that that's what it, that's what it requires. The shenanigans of this offseason drug into the season. They did. And that's exactly what happened this year. It was too much to overcome, and it bled into the dysfunction, mm -hmm. and it showed how just dysfunctional the Cardinals were, Bo. But here's what I want to say. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to bitch and moan for six months if they do the co-GM thing, and I'm just going to say same old Cardinals. Because the number yeah, one factor, no, because the number one factor, I'm going to be disappointed with it initially because I think it shows lack of growth from Michael Bidwell, lack of self-awareness. Like your, your team is a disaster. Like who are you to promote from within? Here's what I will say. Adrian Wilson got GM interviews. I think Quentin Harris has been a yeah. candidate for Bears. a GM. Uh, Bears, right. Mm -hmm. They've gotten interviews. So that's probably what Michael is thinking. Every, anything is better right now than Steve Kime having this third overall pick. And that is a win in and of itself. That is a reason to celebrate. We've gotten basically confirmation that Kime will be gone, and he is not going to have this draft, this pinnacle draft that could right. set the Cardinals on the course for the next three to five years. So I'm going to be excited about that, and I will give A-Dub and Q the benefit of the doubt if that's what they do. However, I just I feel like it is so redundant for the Cardinals to do the same thing year after year, promote from within, promote from within, and they're a losing ball club. Right. Like at some point, mm. go get good people not that AW and go get qualified people from other organizations to show you how to be a winner, Bo. But it wouldn't, well, cha that, it wouldn't change, though, Bo, if the guy that's calling the shots still has right, his hand. Michael Big still right. Q, Q was here during Wizenhunt. Q was here during um, BA. During BA. Like, so he witnessed what it takes and what pieces you need. And I'm not, you know, just trying to be devil's advocate. Mm -hmm. I just want our fans to have that information because I see him in the chats like anything from within we're not really rocking with. And I get that because you want a complete overhaul. You want somebody new. I see a lot of, there's hope. How many I mean, times with number do you disagree with your manager, your CEO, right whatever on. profession you might be, that, I, hey, put me in that position and I'm doing it I'll differently. Do it. I guarantee it. you, I guarantee you yeah. these two gentlemen had those thoughts, especially during this past offseason. We're like, what? it's got to, they, they, I'm sure everybody in that building who wasn't Steve Kime and Michael Bidwell felt like, hey, there's, there's a good chance that this is going to go south because we didn't do jack shit right, as yeah. far as this offseason goes. I, I mean, when you think about – you keep saying, you know, Harris's Q is, is a guy that's more analytical, and the analytics would back up that you the status quo wasn't going to get it done. It's sure as shit not going to get it done coming off 4-13. and 13. There's right nothing on. analytically that's going to make that case. And, and Adrian Wilson, he's just an ass kicker. He's a guy that's not going to accept anything that's, you know, not competitive and, and going to compete. So yeah. – uh, you know, those are good options, but I still think that you're doing yourself wrong as an organization that continues to tell its the, the fan base, we want to do everything that when you got to do your due diligence, you got to go out there and interview everybody, you got to open things up. You can't just say, hey, we're going to we're going to promote from within because we believe in our guys. Mm -hmm. You've lost that ability to do that. Nobody's going to trust that. So go out there, at least have some interviews, talk to some different people, get some fresh ideas because Right now, it ain't working. I want to get to some super chats yeah. here. Thank you so much, uh, Joel. Dollar ninety nine. Possible that VJ leaked it for some sort of leverage. I think that's a good point. Yeah, and I also think it's the Cardinals making maybe leaking it 
um, just to show that they're they're going to abide by maybe the Rooney rule, and hopefully that they, they oh, it's do. It's got to be external. It's does it have to be yeah, external? You have to talk to at least one external candidate as far as to abide by the Rooney. The, the, male or female? Male or female? Male or female? Male or female? Well, I I I do think that Vance is going to be highly considered, and I think you're naive to think otherwise. <laughs> uh, uh, but thank you for that, Aaron. Super chat, two dollars. Fire, Kime, and Cliff. And Hollywood was useless. Yeah, Hollywood will have plenty of time. Hollywood's going to be on the team next year. Hopefully the next coach can get more out of him. Get some moments. Yeah, he did. He um, make plays yeah. with th fourth stringers. Yeah, I mean, the, the receivers today, I mean, A.J. Green, was, he balled out, you know, without quality quarterback who play. Who was that, Johnny? Who's who? Yeah, who? <laughs> A.J. Green Thank in his you, last Johnny. game. His last game is a card roll. Rose up from the dead. And made a play. Marcus, $2. If it's Vance, I'll watch you guys and not the Cardinals. Hey, nothing wrong with that. You, we appreciate, we appreciate that. that. Um, and we're going to be here all offseason into next season. Here's our 38 I'm points. I mean, making a point here yeah. on, on Quentin Harris, Adrian Wilson. All right. I don't think anybody's hiring them for their GM job. Same thing with Vance. Mm. So, what is the rush to name them the co GMs tomorrow if you're going to do that? I, why can't you go through your due diligence and and come out of the back end, go through your process? This is the first time you're going to have a new GM in 10 years. Hire Adrian Wilson or Quentin Harris as a singular GM at the end of the month if you're committed to going through oh, the yeah. process. And the other one's not leaving. You're not losing the other. Uh, unless they just opt to leave, you're not losing them. It's the same. You let Kime interview for GM jobs the year you hired him in 2013. You let sure. Kurt Warner take visits. Hiring them tomorrow shows a lack of awareness to your fan base. You can hire them or one of them, hopefully, and keep the other one in-house as a VP. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with being a VP. Mm -hmm. um, and, and do that in four weeks, and you'll get much more grace. It shows just a, a I think, a stupidity yeah. to roll out tomorrow with them as co-GMs because then you're – here's what you're doing. You're doing this if you're Michael Bidwell. You're saying, I don't want to listen la, to la, anything la, else. La, la, la. That, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, we're, we're not this 4-13 and 13 team. We're fine. Right. We're fine. You can get, you can have your cake and eat it too. Just wait and yeah. interview some people because somebody may surprise you, Bo. Yeah, I mean, it's the definition of insanity, right? I right. Mean, no Whoa. external GM candidates hired since 1994. We've said that several times. And you're just doing exactly what you've done the last couple changes. You're just rearranging the furniture on the Titanic. That's what I've seen that a couple of times uh, in my mentions this, this year. And I don't disagree with it. Uh, but look, the report, part of the report on Sean Payton, the multiple reports yesterday, as far as his availability in the Saints, you know, asking permission, which the Broncos have been given. Uh, he can't talk to anybody, per, you know, no. according to the NFL until January 17th. Correct. So don't rush into hiring a GM. Don't, I don't want to go to the press conference tomorrow and hear that those guys have locked are locked in because we don't know if that, if you haven't talked to Sean Payton, you don't know if that's what he wants or Jim Harbaugh or whatever. They're not or going Tomiko anywhere. Ryan. They're employed. They're right. under contract. Well, well, this, this is what will happen. I've seen this happen before. So they'll fly back tonight. They'll get, they'll get themselves together. Yeah, to, to give them a little bit of conversation, and then they'll have like a, they'll have a meeting Monday, a Monday meeting, yeah, or sorts. And at that moment, then Mike and Mike could come up and probably say a few words to the team. If any of the coaches that are there in that meeting, there's a good chance those coaches probably um, won't be in that meeting. Won't right? They shouldn't be in that meeting. Yeah. They, if if, if they you're gonna let go, them yeah. go, you they, you should they should already know. And then Mike should come up to the players that are there. Uh, thank you for your service. We thank you for you know what what you was able to do. We didn't get out of the season what we wanted to get, um, but there'll be some changes made. Guys has got contract situations on the table. We'll work those things out, and we'll we'll but we got to we, we'll reconvene after a couple of weeks here 
when we got when we got a better sense of where we want to go with the direction. But but Frank, you were a huge proponent that 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 Cliff gonna be here tomorrow. You were I, t- you were talking. You that. still feel that way? You still feel that way? I do. I, why? Here, why? I he, mean, he, yeah. These are my points on why I think Cliff would be, and I know this sounds crazy and really ass <laughs> nine and. And everyone's like, disclaimer well, the disclaimer is the fact that, they're you know, hey, you up in the chat, well, I don't worry about that. But here's, here's the disclaimer is that, is that <laughs> the, re- the records, <laughs> the records say you should fire this guy yeah. alone. Yeah. The ability to commandeer and win games at your own stadium um, and house, you should be fired. And you, you haven't done that at all to get your, you, you've, you've gotten your guys to go play. That's fine. But these guys are still not, they're not elevating and dominating. So that's, that's that. Here's the reason why I think they'll keep Cliff. It's because I'm looking at Cliff's personal, personal behavior. On the field, he like he just is calling plays as normal. Every every interview he does, he doesn't have that stressed out. Remember BA when BA was being stressed out? You remember when your boy, when these other coaches, I had I had Vince Tobin, he was stressed out. I there's a different look when a coach feels like he's getting ready to get fired. There's a different feel when he feels like he's getting ready to get fired. I don't feel that from Cliff. I do not feel that. From Cliff, and so that to me doesn't say that he won't get fired. It just feels like there's something that won't happen. Vince Tobin got fired on the on the on the spot. Vince Tobin didn't even make it back on the on the plane ride when we left Dallas one year. Yeah, he was done. That was it. Well, here's here's a good and reminder. So those are my points. Can't well, I appreciate that, and we keep transparency. Well, I mean, here. they like, just got color TV. Well, I think enough. a lot of people want it to happen. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> Come on, this is Jerry Maguire, Maguire right here. This is my man, Jerry Maguire. That was, that was a color. All right, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Ken was it up. Anybody who's hoping Cliff gets fired tonight, Ken was it up. Steve Wilkes were both fired Monday morning. Those seem like locks. So I this does not, I don't think it's as lock as we would all like it to be, people who want it to move off a of cliff. But it's, but it's 90-10. I mean, it yeah. just... You, you gotta sit it should with, be. He should be fired. Period. He, right. You, you can do it. You can put. Let's put that mojo out there for change. Right. I mean, there's 400 people watching right now. Just slam the like button if you if you want to end the tenure as far as Cliff Kingsbury with the Arizona Cardinals. That's it. You're, it. It's a trap door in Michael Bidwell's office. You hit it, and Cliff Kingsbury and his his extension, they're gone. If they're gone. And he's putting a for sale sign outside of his Paradise Valley mansion. It's that simple. Does he sell it? Does he sell it? With no, the- you got the cash yeah, now. The cash isn't going out. anywhere. But that's the thing. Cliff is good. His contract is guaranteed. Right. He's I'm making not, seven well, a year. Right. Cliff is a, he's great, good. is a great guy. He's always nice to, to us. Bo gets to chat with him every can day. We, can we, we, I'm doing like, We don't need to put that disclaimer anymore. I think people yeah, people should realize All right, that. We want blood. Everybody needs to be fired. We're going to talk about the coaching tiers. Uh, coming up here, but I want to remind everybody, listen, the fantasy season for the regular season may be over, but hello, underdog. You were worse fa- than Cliff Kingsbury. I was, and you know what? I got fantasy. my ass fired. I got kicked out, and now I'm exclusive to underdog fantasy. Just like Cliff Kingsbury is going to be exclusive to the Big 12. Underdog fantasy does sports differently right now. You can dabble underdog fantasy. Texas Tech should hire him back. Hello, underdog fantasy, promo code PHNX. Get this. Postseason football underdog fantasy allows you to dabble. You put in a hundy, boom, you get a hundy with promo code PHNX. You can double dip, little NBA action, draft up to six players, no positional limits. You may feel like just because your year long slog of underdog, or excuse me, a year long fantasy is over, but it's never over with our friends at Underdog Fantasy. Again, smash the promo code, you guessed it, PHNX, underdogfantasy.com, or download the app. Sign up with promo code PHNX. Underdog is going to match your first deposit up to $100. We're so fired up 
to be partnered with Underdog Fantasy. Let the good times roll into the offseason with Underdog Fantasy, Bo. Your boy is going to be a fiend on the higher lower. That's right. As far as the Underdog Fantasy goes. Don't have to bet on Trace McSorley anymore. Selling your house. <laughs> uh, if, you, if you're going to maybe look at a purchase that uh, Paradise Valley Mansion, you're going to need some great <laughs> furniture to pimp that thing out. And more yes. furniture's got you covered. I mean, look at these nice chairs we're sitting in. That's right. I mean, they're comfy. They're sleek looking. We got the great lounge out there. People are watching some TV. PHNX crew enjoying the, the stool. There we go. The for stool Johnny. for Johnny. Yeah, Johnny that's right. Because his feet hey, can't touch the ground. Hey, no one can see it. It's Where's behind it from? the logger. <laughs> Bring it out. More Bust furniture out, making our guy Johnny feel more comfortable <laughs> on the set. Thanks. Look at this. It. This is it big out. time. You got to show him, Nick. It's the off season, baby. <laughs> it's the off season. And I you know can what? put my feet up. But thanks sorry. to their white glove delivery, we didn't have to. We didn't have to sweat it out. Just taking hey. this big old stool, so or, <laughs> for Johnny to get his feet on the ground or right. comfortable. More furniture. Check them out right now. Morefurniture.com. Save big on the best furniture in the valley when you head to morefurniture.com. I'm comfortable with my new footstool here. I'm also comfortable knowing that there could be minimal head coaching openings that the Arizona Cardinals have to compete with. Producer extraordinaire, Jacob, let's check out let's what we believe are the vacancies or projecting the vacancies, if you will, the done deal. We know the big three, uh, Carolina, although Steve Wilkes, I think, should get that job. He deserves it. They battled their ass off. Uh, the Colts are probably the worst team in the NFL right now. They lose to Houston. That's a gut job. How about our friends over at DMVR and the Denver Broncos helping us get that dub today? Thank you. Hell right. yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, leapfrogging the uh, Seattle Seahawks in the process. They, they actually won two games without Nathaniel Hackett, so we'll, we'll see. They're interviewing Jim Harbaugh. They're interviewing Sean Payton. Those are the done deals. I would like to add the Arizona Cardinals to that group right now. I cannot, so trending that way. Lovey Smith with the double birds for the Houston Texans saying, <laughs> fuck your first overall pick. I'm getting this win with Davis Mills. You love to see that from old Lovey Graybeard. The Cardinals are on that list because, of course, they are. They've been on there since about mid-October. The Commanders, they beat the shit out of the Cowboys today. But poor Ron Rivera, he doesn't know the playoff rules, so he could get fired. And then Sean McVay, big time fraud, just can't handle the grind at 36 years old. Sean, you're, 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 you don't have kids. What are you doing? You got plenty of time. Take the off season off. Go to the beach. Uh, enjoy the Hang time. Cliff. You, yeah, right? You, you and Cliff can get a timeshare together. Trending that way. And then the sleepers. These sleepers now, it, it's getting really sleepy for Brandon Staley, yeah. who's playing starters today, inexplicably losing Mike Williams. McCarthy laid a big fat egg in the regular season finale. That was bad. Robert Sala lost seven straight games, a la Cliff Kingsbury. Not good. Dennis Allen today losing to Steve Wilkes. We'll see, although he feels safe, as does uh, the coach Stefanski in Cleveland. So I don't know. I felt, Bo, coming into this weekend, like, there might not be that many openings. And then shit kind of hit the fan today. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot can change in a week, especially in a results-driven league. If you lose, if you put up a poor performance, if you put your franchise in in a tough spot, you know, the fan base and the owners, everybody's going to be calling for your job. So that's that's where we are. Now, I'll, I'll throw this in here real quick as we continue this conversation about potential vacancies. Cliff Kingsbury was asked post-game about his job, Ooh. his future. Same thing as he told us earlier this week. He hasn't thought, he hasn't discussed anything beyond today's game against the 49ers, hmm. which they lost 38-13. to hmm. he, he looked like he didn't. I'm telling you, he's on the Frank, side. Frank, Frank, you, said, Frank, you, said, Frank, Frank, you said he smiled after the game. He smiled. He walked off. Boy. He shook his hands. Yeah, he gave, he gave a lot of love. Look, I'm, I'm not. I don't want him back. I said, 
I said it specifically and I said it professionally. If I'm the receiver having a chance to come back and play this offense, I do not want to. I would not want to be in this offense the way it was called, the way it showed. Let me just say this real quick. DeAndre Hopkins played 90% of his football snaps on the left side of the football field. Mm -hmm. On the left side of the football field. Today was A.J.'s Green's first catch for a touchdown on the left side of the football field since he's been here. Like and, that's, it, and that, it was that's, a trick play. And it was a trick play. And he hit a jump over, he hit a jump over. It's, it's like, yeah. look, I, I'm saying like you, in the, in the NFL, when you're watching the Kansas City Chiefs, you're watching them move guys around. They're isolating stuff. They're moving guys. They're doing things specifically. I will say this here, DA. Today we saw our offense that took that took the field in the first half was a night and day offense I'd never seen before. We ran traps, we ran corners, we moved guys around. Yolo, I mean, it was Yolo coaching. It, it, it was it was Yolo. You only, you only live once. <laughs> <laughs> Frank like damn. Yolo. I knew what he was saying. I was like, yeah. like it was Yolo coaching. You for the bro. Yolo was coaching. Bro. He played with no, because yeah. no I was too late coaching. I literally yeah. said, "Who is this guy? Like, who is this guy that called plays today?" Loose. Not, but guess what happened? You ex you said it on the halftime show, Johnny. Guess what? We still got two quarters of football. We'll see what happened. We absolutely scored Those no points. Adjustments. We scored no points in the second half. No adjustments in the close. second half. They scored and, less than 20 but, in the last six of their last seven games. Bad. Check and the I think box. The other, and I think the other one, they, the they scored only 20. The analysis. <laughs> like the, stats, the stats don't lie, man. How about this one? 49ers had the exact same score. They got their ass kicked. 76 an improvement. To, to 23 against the Niners this year. They put up three year. more points. Way to go. That, I mean, I think that every, adjustments. I think everyone could understand it's a, re, it's a result based job and that's why and given social media given the the intimacy fans can be with hard knocks with twitter you know watch watching the game being immersed in, in a a football team you know they want results i yeah. mean when you look around and you see all these yeah. other teams being competitive i mean it wasn't a great year statistically for the nfl i mean there was a lot of teams that you know right around the seven and nine record mm -hmm. you know battling for playoffs yeah, and the Arizona Cardinals, I mean, we talked about it. Six, one game, you know, six, one, mm -hmm. you know, lost by one score. You know, four of those scores were, you know, double digits, but they were winnable games and two were blowouts. I mean, there were opportunities to win. And I think that everyone is hoping that there is change so you can, yeah. you know, I think that everyone sees talent, sees effort, but it just didn't get the job done. And I mean, that's not good enough in the National I, Football League. I'm so game. over the injury excuse. And if I hear one I injury, up, no, I not from you. I if up. I hear a certain owner talk about injuries tomorrow, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. This team got smoked today by a third string quarterback that made it look easy. A seventh round pick because he was part of a culture that rose up wow. and supported him. Yes, the Cardinals are missing players. But man, oh man, never did it feel like Kyler Murray was supported in that way. It felt like Kyler, put on your cape, go save us against mm. the against the the Rams earlier this season, or, or save us against the Raiders. Right? The Cardinals got their ass beat in the opening game with minimal injuries against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. So I just yeah. I can't I who, can't deal with the with the injury excuse. Who won over under that we that we got to go back to that show? Who picked over under in terms of wins? I think you picked the under, didn't you? It has to be me. Because I didn't think we was going to do crap this year. Said it has to be. <laughs> it has to be. I had like under. I already see it on, on Twitter. I don't like those receipts. Those are, no. Those I, are well, receipts no. I don't want to Vegas said to. this was a playoff team, and we ride with Vegas here. <laughs> like, of no. course we do. Fair, we ride yeah, with DraftKings. 
I don't like I'm here. This is from Craig at AZ Sports with the team. Craig Greenwood. Yeah, he does a good job with he and Paul Galvisi talked to Jalen Thompson. Mm -hmm. And this is the narrative that I'm starting to see now. Jalen says it's very unfortunate that he and Beecham are the only players to start 17 games this season. Jalen didn't just say that. I think they were kind of corded into that. Like how frustrating was it with all the injuries this year and blah, blah. No, no, no. This team was bad. This was a bad team with bad players, with bad personnel, not drafting and developing well. It was a house of cards, right? And it fell. They did not have the depth to sustain this. They went one and five in the division. I don't get that narrative out of here. Media do better. I'm just, I'm just, I'm guessing, Bo, that that was an implied, hey, the injuries really took a toll. Weren't you guys the only people to do that? Yeah, but the, the guy on the, you know, the other part of that equation and Kelvin Beecham talked to the media today or this week mm -hmm. and he wasn't making the excuses for the injury. I mean, he was, he almost like joked about, you know, all the different dysfunctional issues that, that kind of plagued this team off the field. He, the, the speed racers. That's a quote from Calvin Beecher yeah. when he's talking about, you know, I'm sure it's he a culture didn't thing. say it about Hollywood Brown, but that's where you can kind of just connect the dots there. The hold-ins that we never had confirmed that happened during training camp. Just the different things that just just knocked this team down. You yeah, know, yeah. it was it was just a, it was a, it was it was death it was by a, a thousand heap, cuts, heap right? Problem. I mean, it was and it all added up. But at the end, of, I mean, it it does. You don't get to return the status quo after a four and thirteen team season just because oh you had a bunch of injuries. It just it doesn't happen. I mean, a guy like uh, like Mike Vrabel will probably survive it in Tennessee. They had more injuries than the Arizona Cardinals. Mm -hmm. And remember the Titans, they yeah. lost seven straight to to, lose, to finish the season too, right? Yeah. Uh, but they were way more competitive. They won more games than the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, that's that's what where a coach can elevate where they're, they're losing talent due to injury. We're not getting that in, in Arizona from the coaching staff and the front office. Here's another quote from Jalen Thompson on what needs to change for next year. Details and team chemistry will be the two biggest things for us to turn it around. Details, meaning they were a top five penalized team each of Cliff Kingsbury's four years. So I, I that that's a Kingsbury, that's an innate in his DNA. They are not buttoned up. The details are not there. And then chemistry, I mean, that's the coach is a, is a gel guy, is a glue guy. Bruce Arians, maybe not everybody loved each other in that locker room, but damn it, he made sure that guys got along. And they respected and them. That's they right, and it translated them. on the field. Chemistry comes from the top, and it trickles down. You can't overpay J.J. Watt and A.J. Green and James Conner and Zach Ertz to come here and fix your chemistry alone. They can't be expected to do that. The Cardinals tried to band-aid their chemistry problem, their leadership problem with veterans, and those veterans got hurt, or they couldn't do it alone this year, and it, it was obvious, Bo. Let's talk about some undeniable stats. Jacob, do we have these as far as just how they finish <laughs> under Cliff Kingsbury, the Arizona Cardinals? It's not just 2022 thing. It's not... 2021 thing it's an every season <clears throat> thing i mean this is infamous we've seen it how he finishes dating back to his days at texas tech I and mean, he's been a coach for 10 years he hasn't fin finished a single season strong two and five from uh, oh from God. november on three and six four and six one and nine in 2022 2023 that's 10 and 26 that's a 38 win percentage from november on december uh it's worse six and 16 37 win percentage. I mean, it's just not getting it done. 0 and 5. They had a no-win December. You can queue up the Counting Crows long December there for the, for this five. team. Just brutal. Uh those are undeniable numbers. The results league, the results aren't there. Not enough notches in the win column. 
You heard that? Frank, Frank's Frank. But, but guys, Johnny, I just, uh, Johnny, I want to pick. I know, I know, Frank was having an episode. I know that we're talking about the potentiality of a new coach, and and obviously the chat supports that. But I, but I remember when Bruce Arians was at, you know, at at the time it was, I think, uh, University of Phoenix Stadium, State Farm Stadium, whatever, and he was calling out Larry Fitzgerald. They won. Like making, you know, make, and it right. wasn't just like in quiet. It was like so everybody knew. And, you know, Larry, seven, eight years in, it's like, whoa. <laughs> but Larry stepped up. He moved yeah. him around. Larry was used to playing X or on the outside on the, the outside, perimeter. Yeah. Yep. He moved him inside and made him have motion and, 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 and freed up some area. But he also made Larry accountable for the details that we're talking about. Yeah. And you need a coach like that. And I don't know if that's going to come from internally. We haven't seen it yet, so you don't expect that to happen. So that's why I think it should come externally in terms of that co that coaching search. Yeah, it's just it's frustrating because, uh, again, Cliff Kingsbury ascending each of his first three years, but the end-of-the-year collapses were too much to ignore, were too significant to ignore, yeah. and then it turned into an end-of-the-year entire year catastrophe, I should say, that never once did you feel like Cliff Kingsbury had a hold on this team and said, he can get them out of this. They can put together a couple wins when they absolutely need to. And, you know, this team, we saw it last year, max capacity, everything humming. He can be an effective head coach, but he's a placeholder. He cannot help you win when the chips are down, when the roster isn't ideal. And then the most important factor you could argue is, Kyler Murray regressed this year under Cliff Kingsbury, not only on the field, but off the field. Their relationship has regressed. If you keep Cliff, it is purely financial, saying, I don't want to pay out 30 plus million dollars for a coach I just extended. Number one, nobody told you to do that. And number two, <laughs> Kyler yeah, Murray's told you to do that? Kyler Murray's making over $230 million. Yeah. That's what that's the relationship yeah. you need to salvage. And you need to find the next coach that gets Kyler Murray from where he's at. Because I can tell you right now. If you think Cliff Kingsbury, after what we've seen, is going to be able to connect with Kyler off of an ACL and make it work and have belief from Kyler Murray, think again. You need to get that right coach that can elevate Kyler not only from the player that he was, but coming off this major injury, Bo. Yeah, I mean, I think also you can add to that as far as bad habits, as far as the relationship goes between, you know, coach and player and a little bit of enabling, right? Yeah. As far as what we need to see or what this fan base needs to see, this team needs to see from their QB1 yep. to take a step in the right direction, whether it's, you know, on the field or leadership, you need, I, I don't think that you can recontract their relationship enough yeah. to where he's going to be able to take Kyler's game and nobody can deny that it's been good to borderline great, Yep. but to the next level, to kick it into the next gear. Because I just don't yeah. think... I, you, you're, you're ignorant if you think well, that Cliff Kingsbury is the guy to do that. Look, I, I think what we saw was, and I, I'm gonna. This is my opinion in regards to watching a quarterback and a, and a, and a your head coach, not but your offensive coach, um, work together. I think in the entire time or the entirety of their time, I've only heard Kyler say one time that that game plan was amazing. Yeah, mm. that's one night they played the Rams the first time and they ended up beating them. It was the very first time he said it that, I, that I've ever heard, and I, have, and I haven't heard him say it again. I think when you're in the when you're in the NFL, man, you need to look at when you look at the game plan. You look at how you're attacking your opponent. You're going out and playing, and this is week after week after week after week, and you're trying to figure out, man, this ain't this game plan's not working. Mm -hmm. I think Kyler hit a bump where he really saw that, man. We're doing the same old stuff, trying to my coach isn't good enough, trying, trying to do it, and, I, and that, that's and this is my opinion because I, but I'm watching the football game, I'm watching the plays we're calling, and you can say, hey, Frank, he well, he went out there and. One week we saw 
you know, Colt McCoy looked like great, but the next week he looked like poop. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. Colt yeah. McCoy was great one week, well they they, they didn't adjust. He's a backup. For him. He's a backup. But, but, but that's yeah. how that's how it is in the NFL. Like you 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 might come out one day looking great, but once they kind of get a rhythm to you and they figure it out, that's why you start looking at the second half adjustments, how how it's bad. Not just um seasonal wise, but also halftime wise. When we come out to halftime, our adjustments have been minimal to none. Um and and therefore it reflects our record. But but guys, do you think that because and I'm I'm not saying the injuries, but because you haven't had a consistent offensive line, no Rodney Hudson or no left tackle and no defensive line, you had Gardak and, and Marcus Golden starting on the outside. Do you think that that played a part? You never won the line of scrimmage battle, Frank. I, I you know you I, know how I, important I, I, the line let's, of scrimmage. Let's talk is. about though the first six games of the season. But let's, you didn't have D Hop either. Didn't have, but I mean, how many times? I mean, you, that's what Johnny's point is. You have to have a perfect. You have to be dealt a perfect right. hand, right? Right on. I mean. Yeah. First six games of the season, the starts to those games, remember how brutal and futile and you those had first Kyler were offensively? You had Kyler. You had Rodney Hudson for four of those games. You had Justin Pugh in there. Zachary's your your offensive Brad. line was pretty much intact, uh, but you couldn't compete. Look, I'll give you a pass yeah. for the Chiefs. The Chiefs kicked everybody's ass. But outside of that, I mean, you had a miracle Lifeless. win against the Vegas, against Vegas, and then you lost to the Rams, who we, we, we find out were terrible. Even though they had Matthew Stafford, they just had Stafford and Cup. That's it. Here, here's who they beat this year. Let's let's recap. They they shouldn't have. I mean, they beat the Raiders. Kudos to them. Miracle win, right? There was a, it was a miracle victory. It was the highlight of the season, frankly. Good hell. Uh, but then they they beat the Rams, right? With with a broken Stafford, and the, the offense was out of sync, and they were going nowhere fast. They beat Carolina, Carolina, who fired Matt Rule shortly after. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember their fourth win of the, of the season? New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah, New, Orleans. New Orleans on oh, Thursday, right. Thursday Night Football. The only win in the last 15 months. That's it. That's who you beat. You beat Andy Dalton at home, right? You beat Matt Rule and Baker Mayfield. You beat a broken Rams team. And, and you beat Josh McDaniels' fraudulent ass. That's it. And there were three th- three blowouts, including today. I mean, they were competitive in all the yeah. L's that they took. Yeah. For the majority, I mean, you look at it, you I go mean, to the Eagles. I mean, that's the, the one Eagles. credit you can give to this team. I mean, and, yeah. and if he's up there yeah. with with Michael Bidwell tomorrow, that's what Michael Bidwell points to, that this team did not quit. It's not enough. Don't get me not, wrong. It's got to be know, about almost is, almost is only good in hand grenades and ass <laughs> You're in a you're like, division. That's the only time it, it, it matters, right? You're in a division. I don't think that's the same. <laughs> it's, it's almost You almost got blown up. Yeah. You almost got an ass almost is good. You think that's good enough for the Rams or the Seahawks or the Niners? The Seahawks said, "Fuck your rebuild. We're going to try to get to the playoffs this year." They, they, if they, if the Packers lose tonight, the Seahawks are going to the playoffs. Everybody thought they were the worst team in the NFL. They swept the Cardinals. Or how about the Chargers? I how mean, the, the Chargers—they left, lost their left tackle. Yeah, lost Bosa. They, they were incredibly. I mean, I hate Brandon Staley today for the bullshit he tried to pull, <laughs> but he did a great job outside of this Steelers. week. Steelers. Let's talk. Mike Tomlin. The, the difference between Mike Tomlin and Cliff Kingsbury is the fucking Grand Canyon of coaching. <laughs> Kenny Pickett didn't have one multi-touchdown game. Everyone, everyone wants to annoy Kenny Pickett. No, no, no. It's Mike Tomlin. Uh, that's what an elite head coach looks like. Johnny this is, coming this with is interesting. We're getting some good quotes here. Okay, this is from Kelvin Beecham to Paul Calvisi on the changes that he thinks are going to come this offseason. He said, quote, I think they're going to be pretty significant regarding the changes ahead this offseason 
added he's not sure what those are going to look like. Significant does not sound like we're going to run it back. Is right? he on the contract? Because significant no, be like, not. I'm out. So he can go, yo. Well, that's just, he can say whatever he's he talking about himself. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's why Goodbye. he's saying hold-ins and speed races. That's why he played the things he said. I know. Yeah. That's yeah. why he and played he, And Kelvin Beecham is about his uh, class act, well-respected. He's been on this show. We love him to death, friend of the program. He says what's on his mind, but he also is out there every he Sunday. He was a Cougar guy. But, I mean, yeah. he, he was a guy that played for Cougar. He showed up Pittsburgh. every day. That's yeah. right. I mean, he, he's yeah. one of the best free agent signings they've had in the last half decade. And he says good nope. and bad with that. I mean, well, with that. He's been good. <laughs> yeah. The bar's been low, but he's been great. Lot, 30, <laughs> 31 other teams would love to have Calvin Beecham on the roster. He says significant changes he thinks are coming because, frankly, they should. They mm-hmm. should have changed. When you're 4 and 13. Yeah. And you're talking about your defensive coordinator is going to get promoted to head coach, and you got the second worst defense in the NFL. I'm sorry, that significant changes. But well, what fire pick they everyone. got, Johnny? What pick they got? They got third. <laughs> they got third. There's hope. There is hope. There's t- there's a ton of hope. Yeah, I mean, we, we've been talking doom and gloom here for far too long. I mean, we, we looked at the coaching vacancies that are, that are potentially coming our way tomorrow on Black Monday. Uh, we, we've already seen that. So if, if the Arizona Cardinals, there's already reports that. Sean Payton's going to meet with the Denver Broncos. It seems like they can give him a blank check as far not as— Not until the 17th, though. That Not until the 17th, right? So they should have at least a seat at the table to interview him. And according to Pro Football Talk and Mike Florio, that they expect the Saints to expect to hear from the Cardinals as far as talking to Sean Payton. So, you, you know, look, it's happening in a sense for the Cardinals mm-hmm. and, and, and them trying to pursue Sean Payton. But if they miss out on Payton, right— did we talk Harbaugh? Who are we, who are legit options? You know that are we talking about ad nauseum and, and, and excited about tomorrow, you know, Black I, I, Monday? What we don't, what we never really get from this organization is a list. We never mm-hmm. really get. Mike never really explodes out. He's not explosive in, in describing. Hey, we're 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 hard on we're hard on these coaches right here. We're looking right. at these guys. Here's who we're uh, firing up the PJ right. to go see. I, I don't I don't ever. I, he's never they never done that for the most part. They've always kind of snuck around and picked the guy. I mean, the last in. couple of years, it's been it's Steve been, Kime, right? And, and so, in the crew, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that he does that. I'm hoping that there is some open seat, some uh, open conversation yeah. that hey, will Steve excite Matt, guy on the beach. You, you have to start talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like this guy. <laughs> What's that? That's how Steve Wilkes was hired. Kime met him on the beach, and he's like, "Hey, I he's like, like oh, the, you coach. I like the cut of your jib. You seem like the kind of guy we could use to succeed, Bruce Arians, coach of the year, Steve Wilkes. And you know what? Kime's probably sitting at home like." Told you guys, Steve Wilkes can coach, just can't coach for my franchise. I do think. But look at that. Shit. I got to keep. Go ahead. Keep, it, just all right. Go. Just Here, go I'm going to say something. Look at Christian Kirk. I'm just don't Yeah, right. Christian Kirk. A lot of, lot of ex-Cardinals balling out today. John Brown had a long touchdown catch. Um, I'm going to say something that's going to be disappointing to some people. I think the likelihood of getting Sean Payton took a, took a hit this weekend. Because I think a lot of ineptitude is being showcased by the by Brandon Staley, Mike McCarthy, I think I think Sean McVay is gone. That mm. does not bode well for the Cardinals. I I do think it does that, bode well in a sense. Though. Yes, and I do think that McVay right won now one game I, against him. I think McVay's a better coach than Sean Payton, who's been out of football a year. Um, but I I think the field got much more cluttered than I would like. All that to say, should the Cardinals then bow out? Hell no. And I also think that the that they're going to be other quality options. You I shoot think, your shot. Yeah, that's right. Shoot your shot. But the only shot we'd have is to give up our first round draft pick. Right, that right? Well, not this year. Go I mean, give that's a second this year and we'll collectively talk. bargain, man. We can and talk and about that's that. and that's where like the Rams, the Rams, and I put this out on Twitter. Like if Sean Payton, who said this on Fox NFL Sunday, is like, I'm coming, I like I'm coming back seventy percent. Like I'll be back here next year. Seven out of ten, I'll be back on NFL Sunday. That's him saying, 
no, 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 Saints. I'm picking where I'm going to go. Right. You can ask for what you want, but if I want to be the head coach of the LA Rams and I tell everybody else I'm not going there, I'm going to stay retired, what are the, what are the Saints going to do? Right. They're going to take the bullshit package from the LA Rams. So while they mm-hmm. can ask for one and they can try to drive it up and maybe Sean says, I'll go to LA or I'll go to the Cardinals or I'll go to the Cowboys or whatever. At the end of the day, if he draws a line in the sand, yeah. that that he's getting what he wants. We talked about that. This organization that Sean Payton, along with Drew Brees, turned away and turned around post Katrina in, in the Saints after 16 seasons, they're gonna hold him hostage. They're gonna say, Well, we can get the best package from Denver. Peyton doesn't want to go to Denver. He's, he's gonna say, going No, there. find something else. I want to go to the Rams. And the Rams don't have a first round pick. The Denver Broncos do via the 49ers through the <laughs> Dolphins. That was the Trey Lance pick, right, where they yeah. traded up. Niners still screwing us. Yeah, the Niners still screwing us with that. But if he wants to coach in Arizona, it's going to come down to, you know, they can work something out. They've, they've reportedly, you know, worked something out or have a plan in place with Denver already. And, and Denver's got, you know, uh, the Niners pick, which could be, Close to the end of the first round. Well, and we we failed to mention in the report from this morning, Sean, or yesterday, I can't remember. It was within the twenty past twenty four hours. Sean McVay or Sean Payton has done his due diligence on the Cardinals, and he likes what he sees. The Saints expect to hear from the Cardinals. Yeah, that came from Mike Florio. So there is mutual interest. Will it consummate in him being the next head coach? I don't know, but at least there's interest. That you've got, you've but the peaked pick his interest. isn't going to determine where he goes. No, the Cardinals aren't giving up the third overall right. pick for Sean Payton. Sean Payton yeah. wouldn't want the Cardinals to do that. Sean, like you, you give but up the, a date. Yeah, that's not winning. Look, right. that's not what is that's it? The thirty-fifth overall pick or the thirty-sixth overall that, pick? That's going to be such round. an that's going to be such round. an ass kicker. By the way, that position. Oh my god, I can't wait till day two of the draft when you got best available, a bunch of first-round talent that fell, and Cardinals are going to get one of those guys, or they get Sean Payton, or they get Sean Payton. <laughs> Equally good, if not better. Uh, there's somebody in the chat. Uh, I'd love if somebody could follow up. I can't find anything what? saying Glazer? Jay Glazer saying yeah, that, that Cliff and Kime are officially out. Check it for life. If you if you wouldn't mind sharing where you he heard said that. that on Fox. But uh, did he say that on the postgame show? Because I didn't see anything on that on the pregame show. Um, but I mean, that was six hours ago. Jay's pretty connected, too. What's that? Jay's pretty connected. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I think I believe him more than yeah. even like a Schefter. Um, but I... He didn't say he liked what he saw. Um, I, Sean Payton has interest in the Cardinals. To what extent, we don't know. And history. And history. He was a ball boy for the team yeah. when they were back in was St. It Louis. Was it Dove Kleiman? What did, he, what did they report? So, this is via Jay Glazer. He said, quote, it wouldn't surprise if both Kingsbury and Kime are, quote, gone after this season. And that was through Drake, Jay Glazer. I think he said it on Fox in uh, Dove Kleiman, he reported it. He's a guy, you know, around the NFL uh, Twitter guy, over a hundred thousand followers. Kind of repackages other reports, yeah. but he must have seen that. <clears throat> so, assuming that happens, guys, who, who's your number one? Go down the list. Who's your number one picks for? I mean, I know that you, you know, tweeted earlier this week, but for co- head coaching, sure. Okay, there's so a Cardinal. I'll t- I'll be realistic here, because I I I would love Jim Harbaugh. I don't think. I don't think Michael Bidwell has the confidence in and of himself to be able to hire Jim Harbaugh and to manage Jim Harbaugh. I think he's, I think he would be intimidated by Jim Harbaugh. I'm just being real. I hope that's not the case. I would love to see a report come out. They're interviewing him. I would, I would applaud Michael Bidwell. I would think so highly of him, but I think there's a good chance the Cardinals just bypass Harbaugh entirely, which I think would be foolish because he's an ass kicker and we would want revenge against Jed York and what the Niners did to him. That being said, 
We're putting Harbaugh and Peyton aside. I think that that's where the realistic list starts or the semi-realistic list, and it has to start with D'Amico Ryan. No doubt about it. You have to start with D'Amico Ryan. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. But why are you guys so headstrong on, because I heard Biennium is a guy that calls, holds people accountable and and calls people out. You'd be fine with that, 100%. You being around Andy Reid for 10-plus years, like if you're going to ride or die with Kyler Murray Mm -hmm. and you get somebody who's, (laughs) I know you don't love Eric Biennium, but it's it's somebody that, offensive-minded, somebody that has a proven track record, and somebody that I think could be like a Dable-esque that was overlooked, maybe even a Bruce Arians-esque. Right. If a guy doesn't inter- – you know, a lot of coaches interview well that then suck on the job, right? I bet Josh McDaniel's a great interviewer. I bet Mance Joseph's really good in the interview room too. But It's like people they- are good at first dates. Right, that's right. But are they on a lot of them. Are they the partner you want long-term? <laughs> Probably not. I, I would be 100% – and people may disagree with this. Winning culture, Andy Reid – Rubbing off, and again, I everybody thinks that these guys fail because what's his name failed in Chicago. I Eric Bieniemy turned down Arizona four years ago. They didn't have Kyler Murray. They didn't have Kyler Murray in 2018. Look, when you watch what he's able to do with with Kansas City's offense, there is no effing way you can sit and say, you know what, I wouldn't want this guy as my. They'll be better. They, they'll like, be I, better. You talking about results? Where that or, makes sense? You talking about results oriented? <laughs> results oriented. Or you want to say Andy Reid does it by himself? Good luck with just that. It it I mean, it, 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 it takes a little bit more. I'm again. Why are you anti enemy Explain I your anti I, I mean, this is he's, I mean, he's been a bridesmaid for a while, and I I think that you know there's there's probably some red flags there. Like, was he never? Didn't he went to Colorado? Why was he never in the conversation before prime time as far as Colorado? How come he's not a top? Most well, people's list. How come prim- he's not prim- my first choice? Prim- Primus, Primus, the the the, the criminal. I just think right there's there's is coming off of two unknowns, right? Well, you're saying that there's some there. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, as far as you you, you I'm you can't beggars can't be choosers as far as the Cardinals go. But you're coming off of two unknowns, right? Wilkes in Cliff. You know, Wilkes was one year a defensive coordinator for the Panthers before he was the Cardinals head coach, and then Cliff was a failed college coach, 35 and 40 in the Big 12 at Texas Tech. Those were both unknown commodities. Where Bienemy, I think there's too many question marks about the Chiefs' success. How big of a part was he? Because of you know how incredibly talented Patrick Mahomes is. Andy Reid, what's his part as far as the play calling and, okay. and the game planning? And also you had uh, the guy, the former coach from the Bears, come back to Matt, that threat. Matt, but hold, Matt but hold on. But what about, what but about but Hold on. Before that argument, I would say Wisenhunt, and you also had the, the Cardinals coach. He was a QB coach. He wasn't even an offensive Frank coordinator. Wright. No, I mean in terms of the, the B.A. when he right, came here. Right, right, right. He was a quarterback Leftwich, coach. Yeah. And, yeah. and he transitioned to a coordinator and then had success and interviewed here, and no one had – no one thought anything about B.A. being successful with the Arizona Cardinals. I'll raise you a Doug Peterson under Andy Reid that went on and won a Super Bowl, has won a, has won a division title in Jacksonville. And again, I know he's much more of a Bruce player's Arians coach. Super Bowl. And, and I, I've heard reports, and it's obvious now, like sometimes enemy butts heads with Patrick Mahomes. So maybe that's going too far the opposite way of playing. Yeah. I, I want somebody to hold Kyler Murray accountable. I love Kyler Murray. I'm sporting his jersey today because I believe in K-1 long term. Uh-huh. But I, I, I think... I think the Cardinals can do worse than Eric Bieniemy. I think a lot of people could get fired up knowing that the offense will look at least presentable, will have an identity. They know exactly what they want to do. And I also think he'd have a big chip on his shoulder. Like, yeah, he passed over the Cardinals in 2018. Nobody wanted the job at that point. But he's gotten passed over. He's had final interviews. Yeah. He, he can't get interview jobs. So I, And he's an ex-player. 
And I think that matters to, to a lot of people. I think a lot of people look at Cliff, the handouts, right? I get he was the next player, but he never won anything, right? He was mm -hmm. under 500 at Texas Tech with with um, with Patrick Mahomes. This Biennemi now is, you could you could make an argument, overqualified with his statistics. The fact that he played in the NFL for three franchises. He's been coaching for a long time under Andy Reid. He's 53 years old, so maybe you get him in his coaching peak. I don't know. He's not my first choice, but I, no. I, I think he should get an interview. Yeah, but and I like the the D'Amico Ryan's because you know that what Salah's done works. They got a top five defense. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I know that they're struggling offensively, but the defense you have no questions about. And it's crazy how much talent the Cardinals have are are under control on the defensive side of yes. football. It feels oh, like yeah. moving forward, and you're looking if you're a prospective coach, if you're D'Amico Ryan, you're like, hey, I, I can work with but, a guy like Isaiah Simmons and Zayn Collins. But but you saw Salah walk into the Jets job, and he had how many number one. Uh, draft picks at defensive line. <laughs> well, mean, the reason they're not winning is because their offense sucks. And yeah. and if D'Amico Ryan has seen Kyler Murray burn his defense in years prior, he say, well, if I get an offensive coordinator, I can work with Kyler Fair. and maybe run a, a yeah. portion of this, uh, the Shanahan scheme. I'll take care of the defense. What impresses me most about D'Amico Ryan, Frank, is that you look at their team and their, and their defense, their front seven. Like, name a household name outside of Nick Bosa and Fred Warner. There's not a ton. There's not another double-digit sack artist opposite Nick Eric Bosa. Armstead's a grown-ass man. Right, but he missed a bunch of time this year. Javon Kinlaw like been, developed too, did a, a bit of bust. I feel like he did more with less than even Robert Sala. Because, again, name a bunch of their standout secondary players outside of Ufungo. I can make an That's argument. And if you right. point to the DTs, it's like, Okay, Salah had Quinn and Williams, and, and you've got Armstead there in San Francisco, and you had DeForest Buckner before that. It's like, <clears throat> third overall, you can That's get right. yourself a Jalen Carter. Get whatever you want, D'Amico. I look at D'Amico, yeah, and D'Amico yeah. comes from Alabama. Like He just he, he knows how to get it done. He knows how to say. get it done. Like yeah. when, you, when you've seen what it looks like to win at high levels, and when, you, when you're able to go out and get top-tier athletes, you bring them in to match what you want to create. I don't care if he's, he, if he's six foot five and he's – and he runs a five flat. Who gives a shit? He can he can stand up and hold somebody in the pocket. He can do his part. I think there is something that when you look at a coach, what he's been able to do, the defense the the defensive coach, his mentality has to be depending on his offensive coach and what 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 the offense is doing. His mentality has to be: I have to be a bend don't break, but I have to know what I got. I have to know how to use my guys and put them in the right spot to be successful. I have to I have to study enough film and know exactly what the offense is doing to kind of minimize where my weaknesses and my and, and my problems are. I think that sometimes it's not just about it's not it's not just about your play your playbook. It's about being able to use your playbook to attack another team's weakness. If you don't do that effectively, I like Cl Cliff, <clears throat> then you're just going to be a sitting duck in the second half because they make adjustments. You have to be able to be smart enough to go out and say these are the guys I got to put in the right spot. I got to move guys around. When we saw when we saw De uh, Devontae Adams over in Green Bay, he moved consistently mm -hmm. in that offense all the time. And all and all it was was for Mitch Mack's purpose to put him in a position yeah. where he can tackle a linebacker or or a nickel or a dime who'd been sitting on the sideline most of the game. Coaches in the NFL, there is just no straight offense. Bingo. You have to go left, you have to go right, you have to move guys around. Tonight we saw in the first half, we saw a lot of misdirections. That was the very first time I've ever seen Cliff do that. The most I've ever seen Lola do that for the Yola for the first time I've ever seen Yola do that. Like <laughs> I've never seen Yola coach like that. That was something different. So to me in my mindset, I think that, you know, when you're looking at what D'Amico brings to the table, it's the mentality of always being around a running at, at atmosphere and knowing how to get guys to come to work to compete. If you compete, 
and you come to work every day, then that gives me a chance that I know who I got. I got a dog on my right. My dog's going to have, he's going to do his job. Then I'm going to show up and, and he's going to hold me to that standard. If you don't hold me to that standard, then we got problems. And that's what we were just talking about a minute ago. When we look at Cliff, all these penalties, wild guys are, how wild guys are, you know, missing meetings, showing up late. Look, those are problems. And those are the things, the small things that start eating you um, in the third and fourth quarter. Yeah, it's it's going to be a wild 24 hours. Can we make it? a definitive, like maybe top five list real quick on the floor? Yeah, oh yeah. Because Let's I think we, we obviously, I th are we all in agreement? Sean Payton's the, the number the dream, one, right? Number yes. one. All right. Yes. Harbaugh, too. I would, I, yeah. He's one A for John. Because Not you got guys that yeah. are, I mean, those no. are two coaches that have the success. Harbaugh, what, 41 and 19, Super Bowl appearance. He's good. NFC Championship game. Was it four of the five years, Johnny? Yeah. Uh, like Peyton, 16 seasons. He had the Super Bowl win. I like him. Those are proven commodities, yeah. right? Okay. And then three. Then then you're looking at the crop of coordinators. D'Amico Ryan. Don't we have D'Amico Ryan in yeah. three? Yeah. yeah. All right. Now this is where it gets a little bit dicey. I this think is this where it gets gross. Okay. So four and five. Anybody want to throw out a name? Oh, uh, man. The enemy and Kellen Moore, maybe? Kellen Moore, I mean, the, outside of today, Dallas's def or offense the last two seasons has been in the conversation for the best in the in the league, and he's carrying that that mm. that walking. I mean, what other offense? But Mike, what Mike, other Mike, offensive besides getting creative and going, you know, going to college and finding a guy? I take like Leftwich. Leftwich is one. I like I like Leftwich. He's been with, he's been with the goat. I mean, these guys are formulated. This and look, year, though. I mean, right. they've struggled, but they struggled because I mean, I would say the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers has the most drops. By any receiving core in, in in Tom's history, they just yeah. dropped balls. They don't, and then they, and they never replaced Grunk. That was their biggest mistake. That was. And again, so I don't. I think that I've watched. I've watched Leftwich create a game plan. He has no problem throwing that ball down the field. They run a lot. They run a lot of crossing routes between. That's why Godwin is is able to be successful in the middle. When they had a tight end that they can make plays, he featured him. And you're looking at what we got right now in Trey McBride. We got guys that can cross mm -hmm. the middle of the field. I'm I'm 100 with with my boy on that on that area. Um, Leftwich. We got uh, in the chat. I like some of these two, two options. options that I think the Cardinals will consider. Uh, Jacob, if we could scroll up just a, a smidge. Ben Johnson, according to K1, Stain Stetchen. Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. Stain Stetchen, the OC in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. um, That's a simple offense. It is, and it's I very think well executed, they need though. to get back yeah. to sim simplicity in Arizona. Because guys, J Jalen Hurts is a different right, body, right? And than I was Kyler just about Murray. to do say that. Like, can you? It's like you why can't Greg, do that same. It's offense. why Greg Roman can't get an, a head coaching job because what he does is specific to one singular player, a la Kaepernick, a la Lamar Jackson. Like, it's great when you have those entities right. and they're humming, but like we've seen with Kyler Murray. Like, Kyler can't run like Jalen Hurts. Like, that's not sustainable over 18 games, no, 17 right. games. But he has to be smart enough to know that, hey, man, I need to, I need to make better decisions. I mean, it wasn't decisions. sustainable for Jalen. He missed right. two. Yeah. yeah, but I'm saying you have to make better decisions, man. Like, you can't – you have to realize Here, you got to bounce. I can't take hits. I can't take shots. I, I, can't, I, I can't gamble on three yards and four yards, even though he's smaller. But you can you can create the ability to match. How about this here? Get down. Let's not, let's not talk <laughs> about the weakness of his height or his body size. Let's maximize his strengths. His arm can throw that bitch anywhere, and his and ability and, and and his ability to be elusive. Here, here's got to make sure he's out of bounds. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna cheat. I'm not gonna give you a name, but okay. I think any any list that doesn't start with one of the following things, it's a failure. Are they a leader of men, mm -hmm. and can they culminate and and gratify a locker room? Can they get a locker room fired up? Okay. I don't give a shit what your playbook looks like if you can't do that and you don't get buy-in. This team will continue to fail, and I mean, so you have you have to be able number one to lead 
grown men in this locker room of 53, and that is what Cliff Kingsbury has failed to do. Let's add one more. You have to believe in Kyler Murray. Because if we're talking, if, if you even want to open up the conversation about a guy like Brian Flores, I mean, it just didn't work for his tenure in, in Miami. Even though he had, you know, wins and losses, mm-hmm. I, I thought he was a good coach. He didn't believe in Tua. And you can't you can't bring him in if he's going to do the same thing with right. Kyler Murray. And you're I, invested and, in Kyler Murray. And it, it's you're not a rookie deal like And Tua. if you're Michael Bidwell and you're firing Cliff Kingsbury and you're eating the money on Cliff and Kime and Manson, et cetera, I think that you double down on the fact that, like, okay, somebody needs to come here and, and prop up Kyler Murray. And I think you can do that with a non-offensive coach. I think you can do that with a defensive head coach that says, okay, Kyler, we're going to play complimentary football. We're going to do what San Francisco does, run the ball, play great defense, put you in positions to succeed. We're not going to ask you, at least in the short term, the next 18 months, when you're rehabbing, when you've been banked up. I mean, listen, he got drafted in 2019, and they said, save us. Save us, Kyler Murray. Play backyard football. Every game that Kyler Murray, this team has to win, you got to score X amount of points because we can't win low-scoring affairs. That's never been the Cardinals' DNA with Kyler Murray. In de facto, that's not Cliff Kingsbury's DNA. It's like Kyler has to be a superhero. We have seen it so many times on Sunday. When's the last time that Kyler Murray and the Cardinals won a low-scoring game? Remember how many ugly games Bruce Arians used to win for this franchise? Carson Palmer's first year, 23 touchdowns, 20 picks. Winning games with Blaine Gabbert and Drew Stanton. Like, I... You do not have to be an offensive savant. Now, you got to get a good coordinator, and that's, you know, we'll see who they roll the dice on if they hire D'Amico Ryan. Mm-hmm. But man, oh man, this team is so fundamentally broken from a leadership standpoint that they had to go out and just buy a bunch of, of free agents, leaders to come yeah. in and fit. Like, get your own leader at head coach and GM and then start anew with this draft class. That to me, like, I, I, I don't care what side of the ball I'm on. I used to be an offensive <clears throat> guy through and through, but man, oh man, I have seen enough garbage with this franchise for the last what five half decade just just be a guy that can lead but look who's getting the flowers for all these great offensive teams it's not the head coaches mm-hmm. it's these ocs it's why ben johnson's in the conversation it's mm-hmm. why shane steichen is in the conversation it's why kellen moore they're they're all going to get interviews from some of these vacancies jacob can we see the vacancy the potential vacancies list one more time done deals you got three teams panthers colts broncos Texans likely, Cardinals likely, Commanders likely, and with the reports about Sean McVay, the Rams, you got the Saints as a sleeper, the Jets, Browns, Cowboys, and Chargers. When you look at that and we talk about the top candidates, the Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray under contract. I know he's got the ACL and he's got the Mm -hmm. potential to miss some time. You've got the third overall draft pick. You've got Kyler Murray only going to take up 7% of your, your salary cap next season. You've got assets like DeAndre Hopkins. You've got Isaiah Simmons, Buda Baker. You've got players all up and down this roster. If you can't get one of your top three candidates, it's a huge indictment on this organization that transcends the roster. And the fan base is going to say, you, Michael Bidwell, you're the problem. We don't want to put you in the same realm as your late father. Good man, not a good football owner, right? Did not run the Cardinals well since Michael Bidwell took over, we're, we've given him his flowers. He's turned over and gotten the new stadium. They've been to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They've had the most successful tenure ever in the history of the franchise, going to the playoffs, winning the division. But you're, you're back in a rut now, and we're at a teetering point, and we're going to find out, especially in these next 24 hours, gentlemen, what that's going to look like and what kind of owner does Michael Bidwell want to be. Do you want to be a big-time owner? Do you want to play with the big boys in the NFC West? Or are you going to go back into basically a period of irrelevance where you're just doing the same thing over and over? And, Johnny, I want to throw this to Frank because I heard, I saw some in the chat, and they're like, we, we need an old-school coach, a guy like Buddy Ryan. 
And I know that you you were you experienced that. You know what I mean? You were around that time. <laughs> Frank, Frank can't keep it. Like what, you know what I mean? Like what was what was a coach like that? Like, <laughs> but, you know, in comparison to Coach Mack, right? Like where you and I both played together. Yeah. Like, um, what, what was, night and day. Buddy was Buddy was a savant in defense, just like he is, like his two his two sons thought they were, and Rex and Rob, and they believed that they knew every they could call offensive plays just like. Matt Patricia's over doing doing over in in Pitts in excuse me the Patriots because they, they know they could they know, do it <laughs> they know they know how to do they know every offensive play. Um, Buddy was a strong man, hard man. He believed in the veterans ran the locker room. He believed that every rookie had to earn his right to be in the NFL. It shouldn't just be given to you because it's a grown man league. And you have to earn your way. Can you not just play twelve games like you're doing high in college? Can you play sixteen weeks? come to work and show up one week doing great, Didn't, but he didn't give a shit about that. He cared about, can you be there when I need to call you in week 15 mm-hmm. when you make that play? Those are the things that Buddy cared about. Do you think the Cardinals need more of that? <laughs> I, you know what? I always say this here. I think like teams where you play like in San Diego, you play in Arizona, you play in Miami, the environments, the society, the, everything on the outskirts always allows you to be in like a utopia. It's a free. The it's weather's free. great. Wide open. I'm wide saying, but open, the weather's wide. great. Anything yeah. can happen. You can be on the road, like in Vegas. Now they're in Vegas. You can party all night. You can get up and go to work. Like those are things that become distractions, especially to a young team. You have to have veterans to lead those teams and get yeah. those guys ready to work. Yep. You saw what Philip Rivers was able to do. He still was yeah. able to get his team to go out and fight. But they gave him a lot of pieces. He was able to do that. In Miami, it's been hard to transition that. <laughs> it's been well, hard to win. South man. Beach is calling the mother yeah. something, so it's hard. South <laughs> Beach, the Cubanians, Dominicans, the Puerto yeah, Ricans. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just hard to stay focused. Tampa, you know, it wasn't great until you got a certain a certain coach and a certain, a certain culture mentality. A vets. You know, vets and, they, and yeah, vets. They, were vets. they had to be vets to come in and control and show up every, every Sunday. So um, I think what the Cardinals do need is they gave Buddy a, a blank a blank check. As mm. to be the general manager and the head coach, mm. that was his. That was his thing. That's why we was able to get half of the Philadelphia Good Eagles. Good mindset, wrong coach. And, you know, and so, but it, <laughs> but the mentality behind it was it was always defense first. So, Buddy would spend 150 million dollars on the defense mm-hmm. and 72 on the offense. As we saw this year, we put a bunch of money on the offense yeah. and not as much on the defense. And so, those are the things that we got to be careful about. If we get a defense coordinator, Mike, are you opening the book? Yeah. Like this offseason, we saw us be very skeptical to make moves on anything. Man. And that could have been Mike's position because we were paying coaches and general manager or we was going to pay Kyler. And he just wanted to be skeptical in that area because he, you know, that's us, that's his management that's his management style. I would like to see them bring somebody, and I agree with you guys. I don't mind bringing a defensive minded coach because the future of our and our youth, our youth is really in our defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and our talent really is in our defense but right you now. Get, but you you sign your quarterback to $230 million. Yeah, but when, when you want to you want to foster and uplift that position. Well, this yeah. will happen. I was thinking, and you can do it with the coordinator, but Kyler, I just think it should be a priority. That's all I'm saying. Kyler doesn't need much. Outside, Kyler doesn't need he should, much. No. He doesn't. He can yeah. throw. He has a mentality. You're talking about a Heisman Trophy winner. He was the same height when he won the guy. He's got a tight end. He was, he, won, he was the same height when he won the Heisman. And it's I, not, I mean, I've never and even it's mentioned not 33 year old Zach Ertz who's coming off ACL and MCL right. surgery, but, and, and you've got you, you, JJ at 33 retiring. Yeah. You, you're you're going to have a, you're rebuilding, yeah. right? You're not retooling. Yeah. You're rebuilding. And what's the roster? It, it's gonna it's gonna go down significantly as far as the yeah. average age, right, Frank? 30 well, unrestricted. But, but, you but, have but, a lot of younger look. players. You probably need more of a guy that is going to hold his players accountable than hey, let's just roll the to show them what it looks like. When the offense, I'm going to say this too: we were crappy. Until one year, um, we was able to go get 
I played with Jim Fossil. He was my offense coordinator Damn. for one year. You know, I'm going to start a fight with you, mother. <laughs> <laughs> Keep calling me old. I did not. Start, that's that Kevin. You know <laughs> Started a fight with him. But long story short, we had Jim, I had Jim Fossil, man. And Jim Fossil, he just came in with a mentality that these are certain things we need to do. He wasn't even the head coach. He was the offense coordinator. And what happens is, is when you start seeing that the coach is putting you in the best position to win and be successful, you begin, your trust level changes. It, tra it transitions. When your head coach, when your offense coordinator is protecting your weaknesses and exposing the other team's weaknesses That's and huge. putting guys in position, it's huge. If, you, if you're a right tackle that doesn't do well, you got to always slide your tight end, motion guys around to put them in that position. Jake struggled when defenses moved around a lot. So, but we never motioned people. If we started motioning people, mm. it will force them to stay in a certain position. That was just, it's just coaching. It's schematics. Well, and you and speaking it. So, Speaking of coaching, though, and here, and I want to double down on what Bo you just said, is that the next coach is going to have a lot of young talent that yeah, they're going to have to mold because AJ Green gone, Robbie Anderson gone, Rodney Hudson gone, Kelvin Beecham likely gone, Justin Pugh gone, Zach Ertz hurt, Watt gone. I don't want this young talent that they're going to accumulate to be relying on Cliff Kingsbury and Vance Joseph who struggled developing young players, especially Cliff Kingsbury, who has not elevated one draftable player that this franchise has gone outside of Kyler Murray and made him into a star player. Christian Kirk playing his best football outside of this franchise right now. Kyler Murray regressed under Cliff Kingsbury this year, right? They let Chase Edmonds go. I mean, Trey McBride should have been playing all year, should have been featured in this offense. We're seeing it now, too little, too late. This roster is going to turn over. It's going to be a young roster. You want to give yeah. that youth, that impressionable youth, Bo Brock, to Cliff Kingsbury and Vance Joseph? No thanks. Big, no. That's a big stinker They've of an had idea. Their opportunity, and and they had veteran laden teams, right? I agree. And it, yeah. They just couldn't. They couldn't even yeah. make it work they with that. And you know, unfortunately, the, the injuries piled up for those guys, and that's what you take. That's the risk in this brutal game, this so physical game, yeah. when you bet on a majority of your, of your top players. Being vets, guys, you know, they were available for a reason because teams didn't want to pay the premium or, you know, give them a roster spot because of the chances that they're not available, right? What's the best, you know, yeah. ability is your availability yeah. sometimes. As cliche as it is, it, it killed the, the Cardinals. The greatest thing to Kyler Murray's success was a veteran in Rodney Hudson. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, Rodney Hudson didn't stay healthy. Yeah, He eliminated most of the thinking because he put the offensive line in the best position to protect him and watch over him. Once he got hurt and the offensive and the offense really started getting exposed, what they could do and you know yeah. and they got exposed with Matt Patricia and the wide technique and key, and then dropping, putting four rushing four but not really trying to get to Kyler and then dropping seven guys. You started closing the windows and the gaps and Kyler was holding the ball and trying to make something happen. That's not how that's supposed to work. If you're a good offensive coordinator tonight, I'm telling you guys, you go back and watch the first half of the Sam this game last tonight. You're gonna see the Yolo Kingsbury call something that we've never seen before. He called a more. He called more. Getting his game tape ready no, for, I mean, for his Frank, next but, job. But, that's, but, Frank, that, but, but I'm just gonna. Needed to have, but I'm but just gonna use Johnny's argument all the time. But what about the second half adjustments? Well, that's you know what point. I mean? Like you got to be able to. I, I'm not saying, adapt again, and pivot and do different things. That's why other like teams. That's why. That. But that's why other teams win. That's why other coaches win. A lot of coaches. And when you're talking about this, is not checkers. This is chess. I have to figure out what I need to. I know how to move my pawns on the board. In the second half, I need to figure out what I need to do because you've exposed yourself. You make moves to help the guy expose him. 
Then in the second half, we go back and make adjustments, and then you start putting putting things into play. Just like Bo, just like Johnny do, man. They always they they get people. They don't they don't get people to checkers move. They they hold stuff behind. Then they give you information later. Then you see a tweet at Johnny about three o'clock in the morning, like, "Oh my All god, right, I couldn't well, believe yeah. it." And then next <laughs> thing you know, but that's, but that's how it is. But that's the the NFL is is chess, and a lot of good guys that know what they're doing. Offensive coordinator wise, that have you don't need all your players, but you need to know how to move well, guys. Well, I don't play checkers or chess, but I do play spades. And sometimes when I got that big joker, I want to know who's going to be that big joker for the Arizona Cardinals. We're gonna, uh, well, let's get to final predictions. Here. Playing hungry, hungry hippos. But before <laughs> before we get to hey, before we get to final predictions for the next twelve to twenty four hours, I want to remind everybody check out our guy PHNX Cardinals beat reporter. Howard yes, Balls are sure. cranking Howard out Balls. the post-game article, probably likely to give his thoughts on what the Cardinals should do and what they will do. Smash the promo code Howard, H-O-W-A-L-R-D. Become a diehard. There's no better time to become mm-hmm. a diehard. At gophnx.com ahead of our big tea party next event with Four Peaks January 13th. You get a buttload of money off, I think 20%. Plus, mm-hmm. you become a diehard. Pick up a free lid. T-shirt from the PHNX Merchandise Locker. The member Discord will be popping all off-season long at gophnx.com. Die hard. Do it now, Bo. Everybody in the chat has an appetite for change. I've got an appetite for some pizza. I'm going to hit up our friends over at Mountain Mike's tonight. Long day in the studio. I'm going to go home with a couple pies to the fam. They've got, of course, that rounded, crispy, curly pepperoni. Mm. I need one right now. Let's just go Mm. with the curly little pepperonis as the best type of pepperoni. You can find a lot of great things on the menu over at Mountain Mike's Pizza. In the East Valley, you've got just, you know, your standard Kevin McAllister cheese, but it's elite. you got the Pikes Peak. you got the Mount Veggie Moor. Can't go wrong with any of their pies. Check them out, of course. As I said, head over to our friends over at Mountain Mike's website, mountainmikespizza.com slash menu. Just get do the easy work for yourself in the navigation bar. Take yourself right to the menu. Place an order. Uh, Chris, uh, Cliff, Chris Ramos in the chat. Cliff is scheduled to speak so. with the media tomorrow. Bo, do you want to debunk that? That's always the case. Uh, that schedule gets sent out in advance. That will be Michael Bidwell should they make a change, correct? Yeah, so we've got yeah head coach Cliff Kingsbury available in the press conference room tomorrow at 2 p.m. That, that uh, email just went out. Uh, players will be available early, early in the morning from 8.30 on. What do you, oh, what yeah. do you make of that? That's interesting. That uh, I mean, but they, they have to move forward as if he's the, until he's the coach. Uh, he's the coach until he's not. So we'll see. I mean, they can they can look. They can cancel and reschedule press conferences. They do it. They do it all well, the time. He can come out and give his last. You know, his speech I don't think they're going to do that to Cliff. He'll he'll I mean, he can come out and you know say, hey, this is what the season like. It wasn't my best. Blah 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 blah. I mean, we've seen and it happen. Then, a lot you're shaking this your year. head, Saul Bookman. We've is seen, that a bad sign? Do you think? <laughs> we've we've seen it happen a lot, guys. Where some things have happened and and, and Cliff didn't know that it happened. This year, you that know is what I mean? true. That We've is, seen a lot of I, things I move. He's the coach until he's not. Well, you you got to go. move forward, like he is, and we'll see. I mean, I, I would anticipate we're probably going to see reports from guy. You know, your your reporters like Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, Jay Glazer. They're not going to put him up there to answer if questions. He's speaking, like Bob McMahon, if Bob McMahon on gone. Twitter. Bob McMahon on Twitter. Saul Bookman, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Bob McMahon on Twitter. The Cardinals just announced Cliff Kingsbury will be speaking with reporters tomorrow at two p.m. I'm taking that as a pretty strong clue that Kingsbury is not getting fired following a four and thirteen season. You think media relations is hitting up Michael Bidwell to say, "Hey, do we need to send him up there or not?" I mean, they're just doing their job. They're just continuing the job until they're told differently. 
Or he's coming back. Or he's coming back. <laughs> and that's going to be horrifying. I, I agree with Bo. I agree with Bo. I, I think they're going to go as business as usual because they're not trying to raise flags within the organization. And he's still on the airplane. He's still on the flight home. Oh, I know that. But I'm just saying, as the organization, <laughs> they're not going to raise flags for you. He's okay. still you can raise your own flag. He's still on the flight home. They're not going to fire him on the flight home. We've seen that happen. Well, not recently, though. That happened... 20 years ago. <laughs> oh, when they fired out. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, they fired my man. You can't. You, that's it. We good. I, I, I we with good. all due respect that's to Bobby totally. Mack, I, I think, again, that is the Cardinals trying to put this season to bed today and then new business tomorrow. Go ahead, Saul. Also, I just wanted to say this. Uh, congratulations. Another year, another mm-hmm. season yeah, under, under the belt. This is the second one for PHNX. Thank you, guys. You guys did a fantastic job. And also, I kind of love the fact that we got the number three pick in honor of Damar Hamlin and his recovery this yeah, year. Yeah, absolutely. So that's Great, point. That's what's up. Great point. Man, oh, man. Solid. I was going to do final prediction. That's wholesome. That is. That's wholesome before I, I was expecting that. I was expecting that. I was expecting that. I was K1 said that they sent that email out before they fired Steve Wilkes, too. I remember that they did do that. They did send that out, and then Monday he was fired. He said so. So did he speak? Did Wilkes speak or no? No, no. we fired no. We okay, saw this, Steve Kime and, and Michael Bibble. They had the, they were answering some questions, and it was they did that on a shot clock. They they said, "Hey, we're going to take responsibility for this mistake." Steve Wilkes, who won more games than Cliff oh, Kingsbury this season, uh, and and they had about you know uh, as far as the press conference, they only took so many questions. I mean, this is going to be something where they, where Michael Bidwell most likely. It's going to be up there solo for the first time in, you know, two decades. Or have his boys. Or have, yeah. And a dub. But, you know, as we said, I mean, we think that it's it's smart. I mean, mean, they're still the interim GM, co-GM. So they can certainly be up there as well. But they're going to have to, if they're up there, they're going to probably be asked questions about their future and and what the GM position is going to look like. So regardless of what's scheduled right now, and I can confirm that, Cliff Kingsbury is scheduled to talk to the Cardinals Mm -hmm. media tomorrow at 2 p.m., this is going to be after the players talk in the in the locker room tomorrow morning. They're going to have uh, they're going to have to answer some questions, regardless if it's Cliff, if it's if Michael Bidwell, if it's the co GM interim tandem. There's going to be qu- questions asked. The organization is going to have to answer for a four and thirteen season and what the future looks like. Keep it locked into PHNX Cardinals throughout the course of the next 24, 48, 72 hours and beyond. Subscribe to PHNX Sports. On YouTube, like this video if you have not done so already. Subscribe to the PHNX Cardinals podcast. The season is over, but for this group, now the real work begins as we have the offseason covered. We own the offseason. Not sure if you heard this or not here at PHNX, PHNX Cardinals. Bo and I are primed to go live immediately following potentially the firing of Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, Regardless, 4 p.m. tomorrow, myself, Bob Brock, D.A., keeping you in the loop with regard to all the news and notes. We're going to have some kind of content coming out of Tempe, whether it's Michael Bidwell, Cliff Kingsbury, whomever. Uh, we're going to we're gonna keep the folks ready to go and inform. But again, want to emphasize, thank you guys so much. Let me we, say this. What? One last thing. Let's okay. leave it on a cliffhanger, okay? One oh, last geez. thing, Jesus. Jake. We're Jake. all going to throw up Look, right now. I'm just going to say this. If, if they didn't send out the regular email for media availability, we would have just assumed that he ain't coming back, that they've already made a decision. Do you think they haven't made a decision yet? No, I mean, I think that they they have. They just haven't informed him. I told y'all. Just saying. 
The dude is smiling. Frank. What a what Frank a Sanders smile. off the top rope uh, again. We appreciate let's, all. Let, let's just go to sleep with the third overall pick. No, I can feel good about that. Think about that. I do feel good about that. Yeah, you got to feel good about that, Johnny. Johnny, you know how much you shouted for that to get Denver to win. Johnny, you turn to a whole nother person. I do. I got a checklist. All right, I'm on to the next. We're on to tomorrow. Thank you guys for making this the PHNX Cardinals podcast. This season's been unbelievable. It's been you've been fantastic. You'd never know with the support that we have been given from all of you that this team is so shitty at four and thirteen, and that's a testament to all of you. And it's a testament that we're going to bust our ass in the offseason to get you the most premium access from the combine, Senior Bowl, uh, Super Bowl week, draft week. Everything that you want, ask for it. We're going to get it to you here at PHNX Cardinals for Bo Brock, Frank Sanders, Damian Anderson. We'll see you when we see you. Have a great night, everybody.